Welcome to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. This bi-weekly podcast is created to be a safe space to admit what we truly believe in our hearts. And many of us, when we take the time to truly examine ourselves, will find some sort of shame, fear, or lies hiding in there. And it is never God's will for us to stay in bondage to those. It's His truth that sets us free from them. But there's a huge difference between having biblical knowledge floating around in our heads and actually believing that it's true. Until God's truth makes its way into our hearts, nothing changes. We'll be doing a mix of solo episodes and interviews with friends who have experienced the freedom that comes when head knowledge becomes heart knowledge. We'll also have a time of prayer where you will have a chance to respond to what God is inviting you into at the end of each episode. The truth will set you free so you can walk every day in the freedom God desires for you. It's time to let go of shame, fear, and lies. Those aren't yours to carry. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to Head to Heart Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Markham. I'm bringing a wonderful guest I just thought I'd have a little chat with. (laughs) So Nina, please introduce yourself and say whatever else you want us to know about you. Hi, my name is Nina. I'm living in the Middle East and I've been here for about three and a half years. Um, You can probably tell by my accent where I'm from, but I'll leave that open for people to guess. Oh, really? Are we not going to say where you're from? (laughs) Should I? Okay, I think that in your next, in your fun fact, bring it up in your fun fact. Okay. Okay, go ahead. What's your fun fact? (laughs) Uh, my fun fact is that I'm trained in a very specific kind of self-defense. I don't know how to defend myself against adults, but I am trained in how to defend myself against children. <laughs> and and why are you <laughs> trained to defend yourself against children? Okay, I'm from New Zealand. And before, Surprise! <laughs> before I moved here... I was working as a child trauma social worker and children who have a lot of trauma often have a lot of behavioral difficulties and responses that we aren't used to. So we had to learn ways to defend ourselves from them if they were becoming violent, but also keeping them safe at the same time. But it is quite a fun thing to just sort of say that I can defend myself from children. That is, You said that in the car earlier and I was like, say that random fun fact. <laughs> and then also it from now on, it doesn't matter what else you say, because everyone will love it because of your accent. So we love you already. Why don't you tell us what have you been set free from or however else you want to word it? I am being set free from the lies I was told and how they hold me back about God's expectation for women and serving him. So I grew up in a very egalitarian culture, which means that The issues about the roles of men and women were not discussed a lot in the church that I grew up in because it never really came up. I sort of saw different beliefs come up around what people thought, but it didn't really ever affect me. But when I started to leave New Zealand and go and be part of more patriarchal cultures or meaning cultures that sort of give men more of a leadership role, I found myself questioning sort of my identity in God as a woman So I found myself getting quite upset because I didn't know how to respond in situations where a man was looking down on me because I was a woman or when people either in the church context or outside of the church context 
told me that there were certain things that I couldn't do because I was a woman. And I started to get angry at God because I thought that there were giftings and things and desires within me about how I wanted to serve him that he had given me, but that he was then asking me to not do mm-hmm. because I was a woman. Mm-hmm. And that was a really hard thing for me to realize about my own identity and I am well aware that God completely loves me but I was also convinced there was a part of him that secretly hated me Mm -hmm. because of that so after being confronted by different people's beliefs on how I was supposed to act as a woman I realized that I needed to know what God said was true and even if he said that something was true that I didn't want to be true that's what I needed to go with so it feels like one of the most terrifying things I've I've ever done, probably more so than even moving to the Middle East. But I decided one day that I need to lay everything before God mm-hmm. about how women are presented in the Bible, how women are supposed to act within the church, and how they're supposed to act uh, doing the kind of work I'm doing in the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And so I, I went before him and said, look, Lord, I want to know what you say is true and I need you to help me if it's not not what I want to be true obviously that's a really hard thing to do because we would all like to be able to choose our own truth sometimes Um, and so I started to dive in really deep I read through the bible and I found every situation where a woman was mentioned and I wrote about it uh, to see what the like what the differences were between how men were spoken about in the bible I read commentaries, I read books, I watched sermons, I listened to podcasts, but I was very careful to do it from every angle. Mm -hmm. So all the different opinions that people had. And after a while, I realized that I was emerging from this deep dive, which was really, really painful. Mm -hmm. And I found myself so many times like weeping before the Lord because I needed so much to know what he thought about this issue. But when I came out the other end, I found myself so much freer and also so much more open to the fact that God has created men and women with the giftings he has given them and that they are not gender specific Mm -hmm. and that if if he has called me to teach, then I will teach and that is serving him. If he has called me to lead, then I will lead and that is serving him. Mm -hmm. If he has called me to work under somebody else's leadership, be it man or a woman, that is what he has called me to do. But that decision is about my identity and about who I am and about what he has called me to do is now something that is held only between me and him. Mm -hmm. I just, in the short time of knowing you in person, I've known you on Zoom for a while, and now in this short time and knowing you in person, I can say that I feel like that method of like asking God and doing a deep dive is very true to your character because you are a very thorough person (laughs) who loves her Google Docs. So I think it makes perfect sense you went about it like that. And then also I very much relate to growing up in an egalitarian church. So when I realized coming out of out of that, out of my home state, moving, all these things, when I realized that other people didn't think that same way and there were actually like arguments and disputes about it I was like really confused I was like I don't understand it's sho- why it's shocking it's, I, do, well, I don't get it <laughs> so yes that's incredible 
And I've noticed that in a lot of male-dominated cultures, they're also tending to couple that with marriage-focused cultures. So any male-dominated culture you walked in, walk into is probably going to also be marriage-focused, as opposed to giving single people the equal amount of opportunities or talking about them with equal value or something like that. So how can we know that a male-dominated and marriage-focused culture is not Jesus' heart for us? I think the church globally, regardless of country, has developed a very marriage-focused culture. And I don't think that that is something that Jesus wants in the Middle East or in Western countries or anywhere else. We don't find in Scripture anywhere that somebody is seen as being more spiritually mature or more able to lead if they are married. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you just have to look at Paul. Yeah. Um, and I'm a number of other of the disciples who weren't married. Mm-hmm. And so if, if Jesus was saying that marriage is something we all need to aspire for, then he would have chosen very different people to yes. take the gospel message out into the world. Mm-hmm. That's so true. So for male-dominated and marriage-focused culture, we can see a few aspects in Scripture. Now, we can look at people like Paul, we can look at the apostles, but when we're looking at our identity, as I said earlier, like it's really got to be between you and Jesus. So we're going to look at the stories of Jesus and how we saw him interact with people in the Bible. I think the first one is Mary Magdalene, who, as far as we know, was an unmarried woman who was the first person who was trusted to take the news of the resurrection to the Mm -hmm. world, to take it to the disciples. If Jesus did not trust a woman Mm -hmm. to to take information that important, he would have found someone else. Yeah, he would have found a man who was married and said, okay, you're the first to know. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which is very Mm countercultural because, I mean, we know that in those times, men associated with men, women with women. So the amount of times that we see Jesus interacting and teaching with women shows that he very much valued them and that they had a really important role. And we know that that role is not just serving the men because we see things like Mary Magdalene taking the news of the resurrection. We see Mary of Bethany, whom he taught alongside his male disciples, and there's even one situation where the Jesus' male disciples have gone up to Jerusalem to have a festival before the Lord or a, a feast or I can't remember the exact mm-hmm. words they use, before the Lord. Mm-hmm. But the Lord, Jesus, is sitting in a house teaching a woman a few miles away. Mm-hmm. And that shows how much he must have valued her and her, her mind to want to know more about who he was. And we know that when she poured out the perfume that she did have an understanding of who he was, mm-hmm. perhaps more so than even the disciples. Yeah, she understood that he was going to, be, to die really yes. soon. And yes. they did not get that at yeah. that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also like the woman caught in adultery, he immediately took the shame off of her and took the attention off of her, even though she'd done something wrong. I mean, we, we know the question of where was the man that also committed adul- adultery with her. Adultery is not a one-person act. Mm-hmm. But Jesus' response is not to condemn her or to ask the men questions, but to immediately take the attention off of her mm-hmm. um, and to value who she is as a person when the men, other men around her are only seeing her as a woman who has committed sin or led other people astray. 
And we often see when he's healing women, when he's interacting with women, like the woman at the well, that he doesn't ignore women. And that wasn't the culture. Mm-hmm. Women were often ignored, looked down on, seen as lesser than. There's the old Jewish prayer from that time that went along the lines of, like, I thank you, God, that I'm not a woman, was something that Aww. Jewish men would often pray in those yeah. times. Mm-hmm. So it is so extreme that Jesus really did see women. Mm-hmm. And he did call them to great and amazing things. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about um, how Jesus saw being single and being married on the same playing field? Jesus wasn't married. <laughs> Boom, roasted. <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic. Thank you. Okay, now that we've answered that. <laughs> so how can women prevent themselves from becoming jaded or bitter if they find themselves regularly in a type of culture that is only marriage focused and male dominated. It must be really hard to be surrounded by that all the time and yet not grow angry or, or a bit bitter about it. Yeah. I think what's really difficult is that a lot of the male dominated cultures, like I live in the Middle East, the Middle East is dominated by Islam there are a lot of beliefs that we have as Christians that are almost like the exact opposite or so like po- different in such an extreme way from what Muslims believe that we know it without a doubt. Like we believe that Jesus is God. They don't believe that. Mm-hmm. So that's really easy. We don't find ourselves questioning our own identity or what we think about things when we're told that because it's so different. But when you're living in a culture where you're constantly told or under, you know, looked down upon or mansplained quite mm-hmm. often, mm-hmm. it can be really difficult to hold to the truth that Jesus sees me as a whole person and he has, he has called me to do certain things here. He's called me to teach. He's called me to lead in different aspects when everyone around me is telling me something different mm-hmm. because not only does the, the culture within the country where I am, which is dominated by Islam, not only does that tell me that I am worthless because of a woman, but there are so many teachings around in the church, both in the West and here, that says that even though I might not be worthless, I can certainly do less because Mm. of my gender. Mm -hmm. So that is really difficult. So you then can't fall back on the church to inform your worth in the same way that you can with, with theological truths like Jesus being God. So I think it can sneak up on people a lot um and these ideas can sort of get ingrained within you that is because of because you are a woman you are less Mm -hmm. and you don't notice it because it's being challenged little by little every day and single women are certainly the majority in the line of work I'm doing serving in the Middle East um even especially in closed countries Mm -hmm. there is actually more women in countries that are close to the gospel than there are in those who aren't, which could be a whole different topic we could Mm -hmm. talk about. Um, And therefore, the difficulties that women are facing are not a fringe issue. And therefore, the church needs to do better, but we also need to figure out how we're going to respond in the moment. And I think one of the important things is to realize that the men we are interacting with here, it might be different if you were in a, in a place that is dominated by men who are Christians, mm-hmm. but here it's recognizing that most of the men we're speaking to are people who don't know who Jesus is. They don't know the truth of who he is. 
And so when we are wading into the mud, we're going to get a bit muddy, which Mm. means that their beliefs and things are going to sort of wipe off on us. And I spoke to a friend about this to see, she has lived here much, much longer than me. And so therefore has had to deal with what men think of her for much longer than I have. And she said that for her, it's the little interactions that happen during the day. It's not waiting for some big explosion of a man to speak down to you or um, say abusive things to you. It's the little sort of micro things that happen during the day that find you find yourself getting frustrated at a taxi driver. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody speaks down to you uh, and thinks speaks to you like a child because you're a woman um, as well as a foreigner. So you get a few of those things mixed in. But she said that when she feels herself getting affected by those things, that when she is in a safe place or a little while later, she releases the judgment of that person to God. Um, I struggle with that a little bit. I'm working on it. Um, It is very difficult to not let those little things build up because then you start to find yourself hating men who are the very people you have come to tell about Jesus. Mm. Um, And it's... It's difficult too when you don't know what the church believes because you're then going to women of a different religion and you're saying, hey, I can see the captivity you're in. I can see the lies that you're placed under as a woman in this religion, under bound by these lies. Come to Jesus. He has something better. Mm-hmm. But if we don't know what it is that Jesus has for us, how are we going to share that with other women? Um, and I think that was probably one of the things that triggered my deep dive that we talked about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> uh-huh. How yeah. many years ago did your deep dive start? Oh, it wasn't all in one go. I think I might have said that sort of one day, but it's a little bit biblical. <laughs> one day. <laughs> <laughs> one day is like a thousand years. One day years, is a thousand Nina. years. <laughs> <laughs> so I started, I think, reading some things and questioning things and realizing uh, probably in about 2018. And then my deep dive was sort of happening around the time of COVID, when we had a lot more time to research and do things because we were all stuck in our houses. Your mind could wander more. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I love what you're saying. And you live in the Middle East. So do you think that the same thing that you're saying about shaking the dust off your feet applies to a woman who finds herself in a church culture in America that um, gives her less leadership opportunities because she's a woman? Yeah. I think those churches are people that are shooting themselves in the foot. They are telling half of the people whom God has created that they cannot do what God has created them to do. That's like sabotaging God's design. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And if your church is one body, then you're you're only hurting yourself. You're not letting the strengths people have help build the church. If this type of messaging is being told to one of the listeners like all the time, what are some ways that she can deeply know her identity in Christ and not eventually succumb to those messages? I think regardless of the background that you're coming from, if you are either now in a male-dominated, marriage-focused culture, or you are planning to be in one in the, in the near future, you should not accept what anybody tells you about your role, your identity, your value, and your place in society. You need to go before God and search it out for yourself. Mm. Even if you are coming from an egalitarian background where women and men have the same value, 
because like Jenny and I have said, we've both come from fairly egalitarian backgrounds, but it is still things that we've had to face in, in different cultures. So I think it's really important to continually and deliberately allow Jesus to inform your worth and your identity in him. I mean, there's a number of different things you could do practically. Uh, I mean, going to Jesus with these things over and over again is important. And also, before you go, don't think about whether or not this will become a problem. If you're going into a male-dominated culture, assume that it will. And I think that that is a really good way to help getting yourself prepared or finding resources uh, or just having statements that you can speak to yourself about what you have heard Jesus say about who you are. And then when you're living in these in these situations, I think that there's some practical steps and no practical step is going to work all the same at every, at every situation and every time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when you're finding yourself being looked down upon or you're finding yourself like triggered by men or you find your, you're like your identity being attacked, yes, take it to God. Yes, find a time to release that to him and allow him to speak truth to you and then also on top of that you should have safe people that you can call and talk to about it so that they too can tell you what you're who you who you are and what your worth is Mm -hmm. you can have statements of truth that you've like pre-prepared earlier when you are in a healthy place Mm. that you can bring up and declare over Mm -hmm. yourself about who you are yeah yeah scripture or phrases nina has great mantras (laughs) that she says over herself a lot and I, yeah, should we, should we tell them? Yeah, I can tell okay, them the cave okay. one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say that Nina is hilarious. She is so funny. And one day she was sharing with us, oh, hey, do you guys have like something like a verse or a phrase that you like say over yourself to remind you of truth? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, do you want to hear one of mine? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, Nina, go ahead. So why don't you tell us what the little thing you say over yourself all the time is? Okay, so when I'm looking at like the things I'm doing and thinking like it's not enough or like God's not pleased with me, I could always do more. I say to myself, Nina, God would still be pleased with you if you did nothing for the rest of your life but pray in a cave. <laughs> she has several mantras like that. They're just like so dramatic that like nothing else can stop her from believing oh yeah god is proud of me it literally takes nothing for him to be proud of you (laughs) yeah i process information in very dramatic ways but i think that's part of the way that the lord has made me and it's how he connects and responds to me as well so sometimes he'll tell me things in very dramatic language Mm -hmm. and it's great because you can't it can't be challenged yes and each person's gonna have different ways that god connects with them and so coming up with those statements about truth that is specific to who you are and your relationship with Christ is going to be really important. Um, Wisdom and discernment for how to respond in different situations and you're not going to respond in the same way every time is good. I mean, how are you going to get wisdom and discernment? Pray and ask the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. which is a bit of a pet answer sometimes, but it's very true. If you want wisdom, (laughs) he just says ask. And that's as simple as that. And you also have to know that you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Um, There's certainly times that I have told men things I shouldn't say or I've said something in anger and it's also taking those to the Lord and saying like cleanse me from my response and my reaction to these men I don't want to do that I want to respond to them as you would respond to them but having grace for yourself is really really important and 
I mean, I think I've said it, but I'm going to say it again. Jesus must have the first and final say. So if you find yourself disagreeing with something that someone else tells you um, when they're helping you through any of these situations, yeah, you need to take that to Jesus and allow him to be the one that defines you. I think something we also miss is that we look at women's roles and how women should respond in patriarchal cultures and things like that as a woman's issue. And I think that's creating it as like a niche kind of topic. Like we've already said that women are the majority of people working on the mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that. Some of them are anecdotal and that could be a, someone needs to go and study that. If someone has a passion to study that, go and do that. <laughs> Please oh, go ahead why and are do there that. More, why are there more women on uh-huh. the field? <laughs> it's like seven to one or eight I to one. I actually, you know, had to write a paper about that in college. Jenny is going to do a research yes, project I, on that. Well, I will find that paper <laughs> and I will share it. But I will say that at that time, I was a freshman. After I wrote that paper and I was doing all the research, I did cry. <laughs> it was just so sad. Like, the stats were very sad to look at. It is sad. I mean, okay, I'll tell you one of the things. I think I, think I read this in, do you know the Insanity of Obedience I have heard of that. Which is the follow-up book to The Insanity of God, which looks at stories I've, of persecution. Okay, I've seen yeah. the movie, The Insanity of God. Okay, so it's like looking at stories of, I don't know if they're the same thing. It's like stories oh. of persecution around the world. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, okay. That is the same thing. I've never <laughs> seen the movie. You're learning <laughs> new things. Movie, yeah. Share me that resource. Mm-hmm. He says, and he has done some research on this, but he says that maybe one of the ideas is that in the West... When a man says, look, I want to give everything to God. I want to lay down my life for him. And they look around for a ministry-related thing to do. Which, by the way, you do not have to do a ministry-related thing in order to be following the will of God. Amen. Um, They look around and they see seminaries and they see senior pastors that are men. And the majority of pastors and the majority of people working in churches and paid roles are men. Mm -hmm. So they go and study at seminary. They become a pastor. Mm -hmm. They stay in their home countries. Simple as that. Women go, I want to give everything to God. I want to serve him with everything I've got. They look around and they see that there are very few roles and that this is probably not a path for them. So they go overseas Mm -hmm. and God entrusts them, not just with like taking care of his flock in other countries, but with taking the news of his resurrection Mm -hmm. to people who've never heard about it. Mm -hmm. Just like Mary Magdalene. And which is, they're both incredibly important things there's something so honoring about the fact that jesus is not telling women that they can't go and uh, work on the mission field that they can't go and speak about who he is and share who he is like we see so many women doing this Mm -hmm. um and i would like to see more men coming into coming to do it too i challenge any men listening to this if you want to give everything to christ obviously listen to what he wants you to do because could be something entirely different. He might want you to work, work in Walmart. Mm-hmm. But the Middle East and places in like the 1040 window, the places that have never heard of Jesus, are the hardest places to live as a Christian. Mm. Why are there more women than there are men? Mm. Are the men afraid? And are the women braver? We'll just, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But anyway, I was going back to my point about mm-hmm. um, it not just being seen as a woman's issue. It's not a fringe thing because there are much more women workers here. And I think that any men that are on the field or are looking to go out onto the field, they need to find ways to sort of hold this burden with the woman that they're with. Um, 
whether that is whether they are married, whether that is their wife or their daughters or their teammates or mm-hmm. colleagues or anything like that. Because I think a lot of the time men either get angry and we have to sort of about the situation and about the situation we find themselves in, we have to sort of placate that anger or downplay it so that they don't feel hurt by it. Mm-hmm. And also men often want to solve the problem. Now, sometimes that does mean stepping up and saying things. Mm-hmm. If a man is yelling at the woman with you when you're in a street, you say something to that man. That mm-hmm. is totally fine for you to do. But sometimes fixing it isn't the best thing to do. Sometimes listening to the pain and the difficult things that the women in your community are going through and holding that grief is the most powerful thing you can do. And not saying to them that this difficult thing that you are going through or this difficult thing that you face or this affront that you're always finding that your identity is always being questioned, your identity in Christ is always being questioned because of your gender, that they don't, I think men shut that down. They don't want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. And I think holding that does something beautiful, even if it is painful for them. Mm -hmm. And that is a way that like the brothers in Christ can share that burden with us. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think a a really practical example for that, if I can, I mean, I always want to give practicals, but often find myself talking about theories and studies and things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I visited, not the country I'm in now, but another male-dominated culture a number of years ago, and there was a community of people living there that they had a rule within their group that if a woman wanted a man from from her team, from her community... If she, if she was somewhere that she felt unsafe, so she mm-hmm. wanted a man to walk her to her car, she wanted him to come and ride home with her in a taxi, or she just felt unsafe and needed a man to come and help step into a situation, that the other men in the team had to answer the phone and they had to go, even if it meant going across town in the middle of the night, because the difficulties that women face in male-dominated cultures is not something they can escape from. Mm-hmm. So therefore, the men need to deliberately put themselves into those situations, even if it's inconvenient. Mm. And I think that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. A beautiful way to really feel like, like the men were in it with them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I love what you said about just sharing that grief and holding it with them because yeah. empathy goes so far. And empathy itself and resonating with someone is far more effective at calming people than just fixing the problem for them. Yeah. Do you have any resources you would recommend to listeners about this topic? I already know what you're going to say. I'm just <laughs> so excited. Go ahead. Say it. <laughs> so I hadn't written this yet to Jenny, but Jenny came onto the notes about this podcast and she was like, I would like to re- recommend. It's a book called The Making of Biblical Womanhood by Dr. Beth Allison Barr, which came out uh, about two years ago now, yeah. I think. Mm-hmm. And then she says, add whatever else you'd like. And I'm like, that book is great. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Yeah. Well, I just recently finished that book. So it's like fresh on my mind. It's really, really good. Yeah. I have a physical copy because I wanted to be able to lend it to people. She is a historian who I think is at a university in Texas. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So she is a historian that specifically looks at medieval history and women's medieval history. So she looks at how the ideas about women have adapted and changed over time and how the patriarchal culture particularly within the church that we think has always been there and always been the same since the days of Paul Mm -hmm. has actually adapted and changed over the years Mm -hmm. and she does she shows scriptures and things from the bible as as evidence but then also comes through as a historian into like the middle ages I don't know when that is 1200s 1300s further on into Mm -hmm. that and then looks at the reformation which 
she talks a lot about in the Reformation how suddenly marriage became this ideal that you had to adhere to and you had to mm-hmm. and you were only yeah. holy if you were married yep. at that time yep. well the woman really only had a role in as a wife as a as a wife mm-hmm. that that was the way that they could serve God like be a wife and raise children mm-hmm. but before the Reformation women were able to do a lot more things as a single woman um, as someone who wasn't married mm-hmm. and you just need to read it. There's so, you so just got to read oh, it. So good. So it's good. it's amazing. I think mm-hmm. I, I originally had it on audiobook, and I've probably listened to it about mm-hmm. five or six times. Oh and... my god, <laughs> that's insane. It's just you know, it's the background noise when I'm cooking sometimes, but it's just so good. <laughs> and she says so many groundbreaking things mm-hmm. um, that I, I recommend that book to anyone. It sounds like it's a kind of meaty book because it's it's history, mm-hmm. but she weaves in her own story and how yeah. she had to leave a church environment because she was not able to teach as a woman even though she was a university professor in her like day yeah, job outside of ministry dr beth allison bar yep yep <laughs> yep okay any final encouragements you would give women who are living in contexts where they are just not seen as equals well originally I... oh my god <laughs> yeah, say it say it, okay, say it. Okay. i originally wrote just as a note that i was then kind to come back to i said we will be vindicated <laughs> <laughs> all the other notes she wrote for every question were like really long and paragraphs and then at that question she just writes we will be vindicated (laughs) which is the truth of christ is what is going to win out in the end Mm -hmm. jesus will return to the earth Mm -hmm. justice will be done Uh each one of his daughters who have been downtrodden or looked down on because of because of anything really any one of his um any one of his children that have been looked down on but I think there's going to be a special place for women in the kingdom of Jesus to come because they have been so looked down on and those who are lowly, Jesus raises up. Mm-hmm. We see that so much in his ministry and I look forward to seeing that one day. Mm-hmm. Me yeah. too. Me too. Nina, thank you so much for being my third international guest yes. to be on the podcast. So where, exciting. Where, where are your other international guests from? Um, one was from Canada. That was the first one. And then the next one was from Australia. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's got an Aussie, got a New Zealander, got a Kiwi. It's just so wonderful. Yeah. If there's any people from South Africa or... Anyone with cool accents. England. I'm England. taking them. <laughs> Scottish. If anyone's got a good Scottish accent yes. and a good story to tell about something you've been set free from, contact Jenny yep. Markham. Yep. I'll give you my email. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Also, I just want to say thank you to you, Nina, for living this out so well. And as a single woman living in a marriage-focused, male-dominated culture, you are doing it so, so well. And I also just want to put in this random plug for this movie that I've been quoting to Nina constantly. It's called, the movie is called The Hunt of the Wilder People. Hunt for, hunt for the Wilder hunt People. Hunt for the Wilder People. And it is bizarre. I'm not going to watch it again, but you do need to watch it if you have not seen it once in your life because (laughs) nina is the lady who is in charge of social services in that movie and she says this quote she goes no child left behind (laughs) i'm like sarah connor (laughs) okay no woman left behind no woman left (laughs) Left behind behind. (laughs) so once again listeners thank you for tuning in today i hope you take this and apply it to your life in some way and get the men and women in your life both to listen to this so nina thank you so much Got to sign off now. Any last thoughts? (laughs) Thank you, Jenny.
I am so grateful that Nina decided to be a guest on my podcast because I think she's one of the most hilarious people I've ever met. She's up there. I'll say that. Top 20 at least. At least. But Nina made some amazing points. I hope that you were taking notes while you were listening to that episode. And it was so much fun to record with her. She's just a riot. I loved how she talked about how this can happen if you are overseas in a Muslim context. This can happen in Europe, in Thailand, in Africa, literally anywhere. It can happen in North America. Um, It just depends on the type of church environment and culture that you're around. So this is really important because our culture, especially if it's the culture that we grew up with, we may not even notice what's wrong or little messages that we've been told all our lives until we're out of it or until the Lord brings it up. So now is the time of the episode where this is your time to get alone with God. Go ahead, get alone, put on some instrumental music, get out a pen and paper if you want, because we're going to take some time to do some listening prayer. I'm going to give you some prompts that you can ask the Lord, and I encourage you to jot down whatever answers you hear him speaking to your heart. So let's jump in. The first question I'm going to ask you is, are there any lies you've been believing about being a woman? Are there any lies that have been told to you implicitly or explicitly that you recognize, yeah, that's not what God says about me. Ask the Lord to highlight any lies that come to mind and then jot down what you hear. After you've got those lies written down, if anything came to mind, then ask the Lord, What is the truth that he's saying over you? And ask him to speak into your identity because he's the one who made you. He's the one who has naming rights. So ask him who he says you are. I love when Nina brought up how to not become bitter. It's really difficult when people wrong us and we just feel like we want to get even or we don't want to fully forgive. So ask the Lord if there is any root of bitterness in your heart towards men. This could be towards one man in particular who has hurt you in the past or this could be you generically saying all men, all men are fill in the blank and assume something negative about them. But if there's any root of bitterness in your heart, ask the Lord to highlight that. Now you get to make the decision to trade out that bitterness for what Jesus offers you instead. Now, if there was someone who really wronged you intentionally, then of course the word says we don't get even with people. We repay evil with good. And that is easier said than done for sure. But I encourage you to begin to pray for that person who hurt you's good and their benefit. Because maybe they don't know God. 
maybe they do and they hurt you anyway, but release that bitterness to the Lord because he is the one who offers you forgiveness and he offers that same forgiveness towards the person that hurt you. You trying to get even or you holding a grudge is only hurting you. It's not hurting the other person. So I'm going to pray over you. Thank you so much for listening. I'm going to pray a prayer to just help you release any bitterness that's going on and then receive what God is saying over you and your identity. So Lord, we thank you for every listener that is tuned in this episode. I thank you that they are choosing to release any unforgiveness or bitterness over people who have wronged them. I pray they will release any lies from people who were meaning to harm them or just the culture around them, that they will release them to you and receive your identity that you place on each of them. I thank you for creating women. I thank you that you designed each woman to love you wholeheartedly, to serve you and to use the gifts you've given her to serve you and serve those around her and to bless the communities around her. And I pray that you will empower each woman listening to this episode, that we will not believe any lies the culture is telling us. I pray that we will understand and truly live out the identity that you give each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Head to Heart Podcast. It's a joy to record them and a joy to have you listen. Since you're a dedicated listener and made it to the very end of the episode, I have two gifts for you. One is that I have a free resource linked in the show notes for you. It's a resource created to help you take the truth you've learned either in this episode or in a previous one and apply it to your life. The second gift I have for you is access to my seasonal playlists. Every season, summer, fall, winter, spring, I create a regular playlist and a worship playlist that will be ongoing throughout the season. And you'll be able to follow it on Spotify if you need some good boogie tunes. Because let's be honest, in another life, I would have been a DJ. So you now have full access to meet all your seasonal music needs in the show notes. As always, I love hearing from you. So follow me on Instagram and send me a DM of how this episode impacted you. The handle is head to heart underscore podcast. And if you would be so kind, leave a five-star rating and review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or the website. By doing this, you'll help me get more amazing guests on the show in the future. I'll be releasing new episodes to you every other Friday, so stay tuned and thanks for joining us.